and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Alex Tulio, it is so fantastic to have you as my guest today. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Hey, Jules. Great to see and hear you. And oh, my pleasure. We were just chatting. It's so uh, it's good to be on the other side, so to speak. So uh, no, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Great. Well, let's start because nobody knows what it is that you do. And I know you're doing all sorts of amazing things. So let's start off with what you're doing now. What do you do these days and why do you do it? Well, do you know, it's funny. (laughs) Well, let's start with a small question. I like it. Yeah, Um, that's right. Do you know what's also funny about that? You said, sorry, dogs, meet my dogs. (laughs) That's Um, all right. The joy of working from home, as we've all discovered. So I was just not laughing because when you said, what do we do, um, what do I do, I thought, oh, God, that's such a good question. What do I do? So I do, I do a few things, as you've alluded to, right? I yeah. uh, When I left corporate, and I kind of I anchor back to that because that's when I left a corporate career, um, which we'll probably go into, and we so I will. started my own business, um, yeah. Alex Tulio. Um, sorry, Jules, how, long, start how again. long ago is this, Alex? Yeah, okay. Sorry. Billy, stop. Seriously, for 150 episodes, they don't bark. I know. Well, as soon as you got up off your chair, she started barking a lot before. All right, so we'll start again, okay? Apologies. That is absolutely fine. uh, We'll just – I'll tell my son. All right, so um, here we go. Alex Trulio, it is fantastic to have you as a guest on She's the Boss Chats. Welcome. Well, thanks, Jules, and it's an absolute pleasure to be here. And like we were chatting about before, you know, it's great to actually be on the other side because, as you know, I do a lot of this caper myself, asking other you people. Do. So it's it's great to to be here as a guest. And so, no, I'm I'm thrilled to be chatting with you. Fantastic. So you've just alluded to a little bit of what you do, but let's talk about what you actually are doing right now. And I know there's a few different things. So tell us about all of them. Well, there are a few things, and I kind of laugh when you say, you know, well, people don't know what you're doing because some mornings I wake up and go, oh, what am I doing? What do I do? <laughs> um, but, you know, that's part of the journey, which I'm sure that's we'll get right. into. Um, so I do I do a few different things, and I kind of anchor it back to when I left corporate because that was that for me feels like that that real crossroads when I, I took a different path. So, how long that ago was, probably, was that? How, yeah, I was going to well, say how long ago was that? It would be, uh, so really Feb three years ago, so just over three years ago. Um, okay. So I started my own consulting business and, you know, I'm, I'm laughing, uh, which you can probably hear in my voice, because when I when I made the plunge, um, I, it wasn't a fully formed idea of what I do. But fast forward three years over lots of iterations and all sorts <laughs> of happenings. Um, yeah. So on, on the Alex Tulio uh, consulting side, the work I mainly do now is I work with amazing female entrepreneurs and founders and CEOs. And, you know, there's a whole backstory there in that I never set out to be female only. That's just it's funny who you attract and who find you. And that was lots of iterations. But so basically my my role with those amazing uh, business owners is, you know, you can't be your own whether it's soundboard, CEO, you know, advice giver, 
any of that. So that's very much I felt my way into into the role that I play. So it's very much around mentoring and advice. I don't do the do, but I certainly am supporting and helping and mentoring in the background around okay. business growth and and personal journey. The other thing that I that I do um, actually happened last year is that I'm the co-owner and CEO of a business called Financial Executive Women otherwise known as FEW, um, which right. I'd actually been on the advisory board for that business is probably in its ninth year this year. I'd been on the advisory board since inception kind of on and off, knew the founder really well. As these things happen, found myself signing the paperwork to buy the business literally before the first <laughs> lockdown in March 2020. Oh, my and God. I know, right? Although, um, although I guess in some ways that's kind of great because a lot of what you're doing is interviewing people well, and, and doing things online, which, of course, is where everyone moved in March 2020. Well, do you know, and <clears throat> you and I are both kind of laughing because, you know, I've just been able to actually recount that moment without literally rocking underneath my desk in some sort of fetal <laughs> position but, but you're right and I think there's so much gold in this because at the time in all seriousness one you, you remember that moment when we were probably all I certainly was so I was based in Melbourne thinking, what is this carry on overseas around this thing like is this even and you know we were blithely carrying on and this business that we just just bought was all in person the marquee conference was going to happen on the 2nd of April you know oh, everything God. was in person right so there was that moment which lasted for for a while where we were like wow the business <laughs> yes. model that we bought literally doesn't exist anymore the golden lining, not even a silver lining, the golden lining of that, as you allude to, is absolutely right. But, you know, it takes a bit of you get through the fire and then you kind of start going, oh, okay, you know, here's the benefit. Is that because this we responded yeah. so, you know, so quickly to what was happening and because we couldn't run the business how it had always been run, we had these, and when I say we, sorry, it's my business partner, uh, Cameron. <laughs> so when, when we jumped into this, we, we had these big plans of digital transformation, how to scale the business because it was all in person. It was an amazing foundation, but it couldn't scale. There was no technology in the business really apart from a few spreadsheets. So right. we, we sort of had this plan. It was this very luxurious kind of 12 to 18 months for <laughs> Digital and, and then bang, you know, like for so many of us. Two you know, weeks. <laughs> right. And anyone who's in business, whether you're in a corporate or you're an entrepreneur, business, on any of those spectrums, we all had that moment in, in different ways of, wow, like the thing we did, we can't do now. And But but you're, you're quite right because that did spawn what, as, you know, we've kind of both alluded to. So in that business, you know, our, our membership um, is a, a growing contingent of guys as well, but but predominantly women because, as the name kind of says on the tin, you know, it was financial executive women for a long time. Um, yeah. And our, and our audience, we, we basically just started doing these live interviews as a way to show up and be visible and to keep connecting to our audience because everything else had kind of disappeared. And uh, that, you know, as I said, it was probably like, I don't know, 120 episodes later now um, of these amazing interviews. So, yes, hence why I'm saying, you know, it's funny to be on this side because normally I get to ask all the curious <laughs> questions um, of my guests. So that's, so that's right. what I'm doing now. So two businesses so and 
Yeah. Go. So when when you went online with Few, um, did that? I presume if it was in person, it was very much Melbourne based, was it, or at least East Coast? And did it open it up to the whole country? I, yeah, I love that you've gone there. Absolutely, it was um, the history of Few is very much you know the founder, and I to this day I think. How did she do this? Because she literally built this business with no technology, literally travelling around Australia with her suitcase, recruiting corporate partners and their members and showing up to do, you know, masterclasses and group mentoring circles and all this. It was was very much, to your point, absolutely, it was very much Eastern Seaboard centric. Um, And because, you know, there's, and this is, you know, kind of the the blessing of of now I think the, the business models that we have available to us that have become so much more acceptable Um, because before the stigma, you know, was probably, oh, well, no, you can't possibly do this online. It won't have the same connection. People won't connect. And, of course, exactly to your point, through necessity, we we went online and the group mentoring circles came, like everything had to come online. And the beautiful thing about that is not only do we now have members Australia-wide, we've got New Zealand members and we've got members from Hong Kong and Singapore. Oh, brilliant. And people, you know, tune in from the States and the UK. So I think it's an, it's an interesting piece, isn't it? about what that balance is around you want that. We all still crave that in-person connection, but there's so much that we can do and actually be more accessible than we were before through this medium. That's right. And also because of the industry that you're in, and, I mean, I'm interested in this, so I'm kind of going to make a big broad general statement and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but finance is normally very conservative and so therefore the idea of doing everything online I would imagine if you hadn't had something like a pandemic that kind of forced everyone would have been a bit more of a struggle you would have had half the people saying yeah yeah I'm fine with zoom and whatever and the other half going I don't do zoom I'm not interested I'm not into technology it's not my thing yes I mean that's a short answer because I mean you even think about um, you know, yes, our business model, but even in those very corporates, That's and what it's I not mean, just financial yeah. services, right? Like it's so many, you know, all all of you who might be it's listening the going, machines. yeah, <laughs> the big machine. And the big machine yeah. would say, you're telling me that my entire workforce will be working from home. No, no, no. We need at least two years and 10 steering committees to work through the risk and the technology <laughs> risk and people working from home risk. And and so all those, like not to diminish, those are real, but I, I remember some of the first episodes we did, it was really fascinating because we've got this timeline in real, real time of literally as this pandemic unfolded, the CEOs that I spoke to in the first two weeks and then the first month and then six months and we you know, we're we all saying these- about it at the beginning saying hopefully it'll be over in a couple of weeks and you right. know the government said we'll be out next month so we're just going to muddle through and make everyone all take holidays that. all of that yeah and you know work. you listen to and like to your to your point about sometimes you know and there is a phrase which I mean I kind of I like you know when people say you know never never waste a good crisis or a crisis opportunity right and this is one of those <laughs> times because but it it forced innovation and things that if you could go along the normal way there is no way banks would have had a distributed workforce working from no. home in a week like it just no would never have happened. So I think that is really, it's very interesting. And and in terms of the few business, absolutely, you know, without that thing happening, 
and making people open to something different, I feel like it would be a real struggle to have kind of got buy-in to a different yeah, way. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then what about Alex Chulio Consulting? How did that go through this period? Yeah, that's been it, that's been a really interesting journey, and it, when I say interesting, I mean challenging. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I, you know, and I'm I'm laughing in a way because I know this is kind of one, like all of us, and I know a lot of your listeners, Jules. You know, they're amazing business women and, and entrepreneurs. Like it's been t- like we we all know it's been tough because a lot of my clients, oh, yeah. in fact, most of my clients on that side, self-employed. So their yes. businesses, you know, it was the ripple effect that we've all been through and are still feeling, right? So what happened with the Alex Twilio side is I had this amazing group of clients who suddenly went, oh, my God, Alex, like literally, you know, everything from beauticians right through to, you know, consultants and leadership and all sorts, and everyone mm. was impacted in the same way as, you know, as as you and I were as well, right? So, yeah. so what happened with that business? And it was you know, once you get over the oh my, you know that that holy shit moment, <laughs> shock, yeah, right? That first week of oh my god, my life is over, <laughs> right? And oh my god, how are we going to pay the mortgage? And the, yeah, oh my, those yeah. real human, you know, those basic needs that we've all been so confronted with. Um, mm. You know, my husband also is self-employed, and you know, so that was another thing. So on the Alex Tulio side, in all seriousness, you know, I just thought, well, I've just got to try and help you know, these amazing women as much as I can. So loads of pro bono work by that stage. And oh, it kind gorgeous. of was, well, it was kind of a beautiful moment, which I, I feel is still there when people kind of got past that, that, you know, well, hey, yep, you can do this and it's a commercial relationship to, wow, what do you need? And yeah. I get that it's tough and I'm going through it and you're going through it. How can we kind of, you know, join that energy and sort of, get to another side, whatever that looks like. So so that was really last year in that business. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, I mean, I don't know what you found, but definitely since probably January, maybe even December, you know, you started to see the first shoots of people going, okay, well, we get that this is kind of here to say and now we need to get back to thinking about how do we pivot our businesses and all those yeah. sorts of things. So, yeah, so but but it was, I think, for, for so many of us, you know, to be, It'd be lying to say that it, it wasn't challenging, and you know every one of those moments where you go, "Wow, remember those corporate days when I used to get a paycheck? Gosh, they were such <laughs> such good so days." That is so far in my you know? that is so far in my past. I can't, I can't oh, even well, think can't like remember. that. And I have to say. <laughs> The pandemic came, everyone got locked down. And, of course, I've been working from home really for about eight years now. Mm. And I am one of those weird people that not only finds things that are real change I find really exciting, but I also love catastrophes. (laughs) I actually have a really good friend and we love, like, extreme weather and, and all that sort of thing. So for me it was shocking and then really exciting and I just mm-hmm. saw the opportunities very, very early on, I guess. But yeah. but I also realised, as you say, I was offering things for free as well because it was all about how can we support those of us around us that aren't coping very well and there was a lot of people that weren't, weren't coping that well. But anyway, yeah. look, this is all back to you. So <laughs> in order to – why did you decide suddenly to make the leap and buy you? What was the light bulb moment or what was the event that made you go – I'm going to buy this. Well, I love that question. So I think with all all events, 
it's like the overnight success, right? That, yeah. No, I'm yeah. using air quotes <laughs> here because <laughs> it suddenly <laughs> happens, right? But so I and I, I I always and this is a lot of reflection. And Jules, you and I have chatted a few times now. It's so interesting because it's only fairly recently that, and when I so sort of say last three years or so, that I've done so much. I think personal work, self-reflection, growth, like separate to what I did when I had my corporate hat on, right? Right. And so the reason why I'm kind of I'm saying that is because what led me to buying few, I feel like it's that literally, you know, that journey of a thousand steps leads you to the point. And there's that final there's the decision point, yes, but there's yeah. so much that's come before, even before you kind mm-hmm. of realize so i've gone i've gone deep and woo woo i'm going to start talking about energy and and um you can talk about whatever you like um so so the few thing was really interesting because as i said i've been i've been part of it and i've been doing what i could as you know i was big exec career and and on the advisory board and could sort of dip in and out and did what i did what i could and so I'd, i'd left this corporate life and i was building my my own business and and so i really re engaged with the advisory board and i just had this feeling and I still remember to this day because a lot of the the board meetings at the time I was in Melbourne they were in Sydney and I remember saying to my husband you know I could dial in and do a via video conference but I really feel like I I need to be there in person and reinvest in these relationships and really reconnect with people and that just felt really right so I've been doing that and so the founder had been making noises you know about oh you know I think it's time for you know, the the next pair of hands and for me to do something different and for someone to take it. And I just remember sitting in this conference room and it might have been, it was probably in the FPA's offices actually because they, they let us use the boardroom for the meetings. And I just remember having these full body goosebumps going, wow. oh, my God, that's me because they were talking about it. And I sort of just rejoined. So I was kind of sitting there, you know, bit shy on the sidelines, rebuilding these relationships, and they were all talking about what they'd talked at the previous meeting, which was we need to find a CEO and get someone to buy it and, you know, what's that kind of succession plan. And I remember just sitting there having these massive goosebumps and just going, this is completely my wheelhouse. It's women, it's leadership, and it's business. And isn't this kind of, this is kind of my thing. And then, of course, so that was that moment, like so, so clear. And then, you know, um, Cam, my business partner, always talks about, you know, um, that, you, that, you, that you instinctively go and, and, and agree to something or you know something and then you try to rationalise, your, your, your logical <laughs> mind tries to rationalise yourself out of it, right? And so, of course, all, oh, oh, my God, but, you know, I don't really have a lot of, I don't, don't have capital to invest and what if and what if. Anyway, so the conversation happened and as these things, as you would know, I mean, these things happen over over months, right? And we talk yeah. and then this and then we talk and that and I kind of go, oh, do I really, do I really? But I still had this massive clarity because the intention of the business, you know, at the time was, well, the foundation is the positive progression of women and it was really tapping, you know, helping connection and human connection and leadership and you know this is completely my bag and I'm so passionate about it. and I just I just I kind of knew but then it took it took us you know probably nearly a year to go okay well what's the practical side of that and so 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 I knew that was a thing and then how Cam came to be involved because initially it was just you know me well it's interesting and that it's a bloke as well wanting to right. be part of finance executive women so well, tell us and like we and we well we still we still laugh about this because you're like man you sold me well and i'm like <laughs> yeah 
you felt it and we laugh, right? Because, yes, which is, and that's interesting as well because I think that kind of speaks to, which you can come back to, but that speaks to you've got to believe in the business. You've got to have alignment somewhere with the purpose and the vision, even if it's not immediately obvious, right? Yeah. So yeah. immediately, like Cam's kind of, I remember he's like, okay, sounds good, but, you know, like I'm really for the positive progression of women, but that's kind of not my life's work. And so well, what does whole, Cam do? How did you know him? Well, so I, and, and again, I don't know, the universe acts in mysterious ways, right? So literally when I left, when I left um, corporate and I sort of, I, I embarked bravely out into this thing called consulting going privately, what the hell am I doing what here? What the hell have I done? <laughs> and I kind of know business, but I don't know, you know. Um, so I was kind of going through that and my brother-in-law actually introduced me to Cam and said, oh, I know this guy and we've worked around and he's got fingers in all these pies and he's always doing something interesting. He's always looking for really interesting people to connect with. You two should meet. You'll hit it off. So after that meeting, we kind of had – so this is going back for three years and we sort of had a couple of And, I mean, of chats. what was he, though, an investor or an entrepreneur he, he, or so working he's in a serial, He's a serial entrepreneur, right? Okay. So his background, yeah. you know – uh, which would probably be a whole other show, but he, you know his background is you know he was in the navy. Um, quickly realised that for someone who absolutely does not believe in authority process or fitting in a box, that was probably <laughs> the, the wrong call. Wasn't. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I mean, there are funny stories that you can imagine. And found his calling. He's very creative, very tech savvy. So he's the content marketing. He's the tech. He's building technology. He's solving problems through tech. All these things. And so. When I met him, so serial entrepreneur, like, you know, bought and sold a business very successfully, like one of those success stories that you hear about, Big wow, stories, you know, yeah. you, 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 you sold and sold well and then lots of entrepreneurial failures and that whole journey. And so, no, completely the antithesis of, you know, corporate or kind of the people that I kind of used to hang out with. And so we, you know, we, we I think, really clicked. We kept talking, a couple of coffees, and then literally he was actually, interestingly, he was my pathway out of, um, in a way, my pathway out of because I was at Bendigo Bank and I was working there part-time um, after I'd resigned off the exec and all sorts of things. So this was like pretty big, right? And then um, yeah. and I was like, oh, I was then straddling these two worlds of building Alex Tulio but still kind of doing a couple of days a week sort of, you know, project work for the bank. And I was just caught between these two very and increasingly disparate identities, right, at the time. And yeah. he rang me and he's like, oh, I don't suppose you know anyone who'd be interested in kind of being, you know, um, you know, sort of a, a CEO to get this business to market. We're working on this, and he sold me beautifully. So we worked on this project together, which was a whole different, completely different right. project where I was sort of consulting for him. And then that sort of ended and we remained friends and, you know, kept chatting and chatting and then okay. we were sort of doing bits and pieces together and that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's so interesting how these sometimes, you know, you don't immediately see where a relationship could go. Like you just don't know and then you meet no. – Oh, a bit like you and me, Jules. Like you meet these fantastic <laughs> people and go, wow, there's a connection. There's a very cool energy. Like I think you and I, like when we first chatted, we're both like, wow, something big is going to happen here and we don't know yeah, what it is, absolutely. but something cool is going to happen. That's right. So that was, that was kind of the journey. And then, and so, you know, back to your, sorry, very long-winded, back to your question. So the few thing, I'd kind of had this full, bot, you know, chills experience of this is the thing. And then I was thinking and thinking, I thought, oh, I so respect what's been built, but – 
for me, it's not about schlepping around the country in, with my suitcases with a business that I can't scale anymore because it's so hands-on. And I just knew I know, mm, you know, because I'm also a big believer in zone of genius and you bring in other people who've got different zones of genius. And yes, I'm like, love I it. Need, yeah, and I need, and I'm like, Cam, I've got this thing that's kind of bubbling on the side. And so we sort of talked about it a lot and then he met the founder and it went from there. But it, it's definitely, it's a combination of our zones of genius, right, or as we, we call our ZOGs, you know, because we love good <laughs> acronym. Um, yes. But, you know, coming, coming together of both of us, like neither of us could have taken the business to where we are now and where we're going individually. So for me, every day I go, God, this is just such living proof of, you know, you get the right people together with different skills that are so complementary, but that's where the magic happens, right? It's it's in that collective wisdom and that it collective is, and, experience, you know? And that idea that one and one can sometimes make three or five, like oh, it really can be so much true. more that the, the, the two individuals when brought together do so much more than they would have done if yep. they were separate, Absolutely. exactly as you say. All right, now I want to, you keep referring to this corporate career um, <laughs> and, and you re- briefly touched on Bendigo Bank, but mm. can you take me back to when Alex was a little girl? I don't mind whether it's high school or whatever, but I'd love to know what kind of a family you grew up in, whether you went to uni or didn't, and then what your first job was. Take me through those bits. Ah, oh, memory lane. Well, and it's so funny, isn't it, thinking so, family. So I um uh, small family, so yeah. we, uh, so I'm the eldest, you know, and for all of you elder siblings out there, gosh, we have a cross to bear, don't we? Hello, um, I'm with you. <laughs> you know, it's hard. But so I'm the eldest of three, so three girls um, yeah. and, and, and mum and dad, so a very close-knit family, had a bit of um, extended family, but so mum's uh, a pom. Don't really yeah. talk about that much, but you know, originally from England, she and dad actually met on a boat from England to Australia. So dad uh, oh, came. Amazing. Yeah, his family came out to Australia from Sicily when when they were really young. Was that he the was, ten pound poms kind of? You know, when the government, Australian government, was trying to encourage people to come here. Well, no, actually, mum had already been here, so she actually grew up. Her my my granddad was in the army, so they lived everywhere, Africa and okay. all sorts of postings. So again, it was this point in time, and so dad was, you know, he'd, he'd come to, yeah, he'd been born in Australia, but very much from from you know a, a working class family in Werribee, you know, all that sort of thing. And so he was a builder, so he was building. He put himself through uni, which is really interesting when you you look at this back, you know, with adult eyes. So he put himself through uni, probably Amazing. in his early forties, did an arts degree, and also in his spare time, he was an opera singer. And uh, so oh my would, god, Alex! Right. How amazing! What a so great amazing. dad! So he serenaded yes. my mum on the boat, right? And of course, you know he gets <laughs> you know very embarrassed. Now. But so so they kind of met. So so we we grew up very close knit as a family because we didn't really have much extended family because mum's family was overseas and and dad's you know was sort of scattered around as well. So it was kind of the five of us and yeah. we so it was you know dad dad and the four and the four girls. But we were very um you know really 
brought up, you know, girls can do anything. Like dad was then working mm-hmm. in the public service and I still remember, I've got to ask him where he got them from, but he came home with these rolls of stickers that said girls can do anything. Now we're going <laughs> back to probably when I was, I don't know, maybe 10 or something like that. Be like be in it kind of days. <laughs> yeah, it was like, you know, girls can do anything. So that was very much, that was what we were brought up with, a very, uh, you know, you know, being well-spoken and well-read and studying, like that was, you know, really a high value was placed on on that. So, and it was so interesting because I reflect on my, um, and I said this to someone not long ago, so I was a, I was I was a nerd, right? Like I was I'm actually quite shy, which a lot of people don't really think because you know No, you I, don't come across as shy. Yeah. So I, I'm a classic that maybe less a bit now, but still to this day, if I go to a party where I don't know people, like my husband will speak to everyone, I'm by his side, right? Like I'm I like I guess I do a lot of it for work and in a work situation I'm I'm a diff, not a different persona but you know it's just a different part yeah. of my personality yeah. right so so very shy at school kind of the nerd you know and um you know always was never with the cool kids and all that sort of thing and then I so I didn't rebel I didn't do drugs I didn't do anything nothing um <laughs> never did drugs didn't drink until I was 17 and in year 11. <laughs> yes. Excellent Oh, my time. God, year 11. <laughs> oh, my God. I was saying this to, to a girlfriend the other day and I said, oh, it's so funny. She said, do you have a rebellious streak? And I went, you know, I actually do, but it was suppressed for a long time because <laughs> I am also, like probably a lot of us, right, we're a bit of this conundrum, like I'm part of me is a huge rule follower, right? Like for me, yeah. I'm the person where if I don't, pay a bill on time or I get like uh, something's happened and there's like a, a late notice or a demand, like that stresses me out, right? Yeah. But on the yeah. other hand, I also do kind of like don't try and make me conform in a box. That really, that'll like, that's the stubborn Italian comes out. So anyway, so I, I rebelled late in my school life and, you know, so that basically led to your, so I feel like this has been very long-winded, so you can just cut me off um, when it gets boring. But <laughs> I so will basically, if you get boring, but I'm oh, interested. Good. <laughs> good, good. So um, that takes the pressure off then. Um, but, yeah, so so I sort of – I didn't know what I wanted to do is the point I'm trying to make. So I'd always got these great grades. I – did I enjoy school? I enjoyed learning, but as I said, I was never kind of part of the, the cool kids or that. So I felt you didn't social. have a close group of friends. That sort I of did were have a close group you. of friends. I had a close group, oh, of, group of friends, um, but kind of. The, and I guess that's probably true of me now. I have a small group of very dear friends, uh, and I make new friends in my adult years, which is really, yes. which is really interesting because that sometimes can be harder to do. But I, I do. I tend to have that small group of people that I, you know, I really you know, trust and love and obviously I've got my sisters I'm very close to and and actually uh, my sisters-in-law and that whole family as well. So small group and then so I would sort of got to this sort of 11 and 12. I'm like, I don't know what I want to do in life. And I remember thinking, oh, you know, I'll do law because this is very much kind of, you know, what do you do when you get good grades? You do law or medicine because that means, you know. Oh, my God, Alex. You're saying that, and I, I know you are about. I would say I was saying to someone the other day the stats I reckon of the entrepreneurs that I have interviewed, at least sixty percent have done law or started well, I did a it, law degree because I didn't or get the marks, <laughs> right? Which is right. there is something interesting here because. In my mind, I'm like, well, I'll do a law degree, not because I had a passion for it, but that's kind of what you did. And I and and this is, I don't know. There's a there's a whole interesting thing to me anyway, where I, I think a lot. 
these days about identity. And there's a whole range of reasons for that, personal journeys. And, you know, you kind of go through these evolutions of how you show up and expectations of other people and showing up as your full self. And this is actually a lot of the work that I do with some of my clients. But so I think a lot about identity and I think, God, that almost like I'd been, I'd got this sort of tag, you know, well, you're the high achiever. That's what we did in our family. We're smart. We're academically inclined. So that's what you did, right? Like that was, yep. it, it was, you know. They, and it was those, the, the ultimate job for a girl if you got the marks was to do law for sure. Right. Or medicine. So, or medicine, right. So and then I, that I kind of got into my VCE rebellion. They, this is now, I don't even know if <laughs> they do VCE. This is like, you know, I'm 47 this year. So I was the first VCE cohort. Right. And so I was, and so that was just very. Um, it was stressful, is how I remember it, because it's this pressure, and you know, and kids today as well. Like, what are you going to do? And that's kind of going to define your whole life. It's like ridiculous pressure with no. So, life what did you experience. decide to do? What well, did you what did do? I, well, let me tell you what I decided to do, and it was decided for me. Is how I actually reflect on this, because <laughs> I stuffed around in like literally the year I rebelled was basically year twelve, where I couldn't be bothered studying or really. So I really dialed it in. Right, didn't live up bad to my year. Full potential. Bad, you know. Well, Bad year for that to happen. I think I had that year in in year nine or ten. So by the time I got back to you, smarter. So you kind of (laughs) and when I say bad year, like it's you know there's a lot worse years you could have had, but it was it was an average year, right? Right. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do, and I don't really want to go to uni, and what am I going to do? So I applied, and I didn't I didn't get the marks for for law. So of course that was immensely disappointing. To my ego, probably into my family more than anything. And so then I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do? And I remember my dad saying, and he would laugh if he knew how many times I said this now, love, do an arts degree. I'm like, oh, an arts degree. And he said, well, that's what I did. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, if you can, you know, imagine the eye roll (laughs) over a podcast, you know, like, dad. Oh, love, it'll teach you how to think. He said, it will teach you how to think. I'm like, well, what do you know, dad? So I ended up in this arts degree, didn't really want to be there, didn't kind of know what I was going to do, didn't want to be at uni. I mean, I look back now and I go, I basically had something like, I don't know, 10 contact hours a week at Melbourne Uni. Anyway, so, you know, and beautiful. But I just, I was really like, I look back now and I just, I, I just remember going, oh, I don't really want to be here. I don't know what I want to do in life. I'm feeling like, you know, like it just... Anyway, I kind of I regret that a little because I think I, there was probably some great experiences that I didn't have because I was completely disengaged. Anyway, I did this oh, arts degree. Everybody has oh, got regrets of things yeah. they didn't take advantage oh. of. Now, let, let me, though, yeah. steer you back onto the path. So what was the yeah. first job? So hilariously, the first job was, so I'd done all, everything was, was arts, right? Right. So history, politics, language, worked every day of my career up until when I jumped ship in financial services, which is an obvious transition. <laughs> so my first job, um, and I didn't even know what financial services was in, as in industry. Like it was a completely foreign concept. Dad came home and said, I know a financial plan was, so there was some connection there who needs someone on a Friday. And this guy to this day, it makes me laugh. So he's a financial advisor, part-time job because he needed a Girl Friday. That was my first job. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Anyway, great but guy. Kind of learn, yeah, I was going to say, you'd learn a lot on the job. Learned a yeah. lot, learned a lot, and mm-hmm. met people. And then so the next in quick succession was then he used to have these things called BDMs come and visit him. And for anyone who doesn't know the acronym of the financial, it's a business development manager, a salesperson, mm-hmm. right? 
So then I'd meet these people that come in and I remember to this day what this guy said to me, Paul, he said, oh, my God, you would make a great BDM. I'm like, what is that? And <laughs> so, yeah, and, but these are the things, you know, when you reflect on it's conversations, it's points in time, it's t- grabbing an opportunity when you kind of don't really know. Of and all course. this led to my kind of first I guess full-time job was with a with a business that now, which is funny because it makes me feel like, wow, I am getting old. Like all these businesses that have been, you know. Anyway, it was a business at the time, Heiner, and I still know the the um, founder to this day. He was my first boss, own business, very successful man. Anyway, they gave me this opportunity to be a BDM when you're basically yeah. unproven, right? And so this is yeah. a kind of, you know, where you go, mm, people see something in you that, you, you don't necessarily you don't see yourself, there, right? No, so, especially when you're younger. Yes. I think you know. I had the same thing. I was, I was. Um, what's the word for it? Not poached, headhunter, whatever. Plucked out of a, a yeah. shop to go and yeah. become a manager at the Herald and Weekly Times. Same thing. Wouldn't have even thought of it. But other people could see it. So yeah. what did? So what was your role? So you were a BDM at this insurance company. Well, yes, yeah, so it was, it was a it was a property company at the time, and then so it's a salesperson. So basically, I would go out, and my job was to basically sell product to intermediaries who, at the time, were advisors, accountants, that sort of thing, and then that led to other jobs. And so, so that that basically kickstarted my career because if you'd ever said to me I would have been in sales. I would have gone, oh, my God, you know, like still a lot of people, it makes me laugh. I was like, oh, God, no, I don't sell. I'm like, yeah, we all sell. But it's yeah. about building relationships and it's about communication and it's about human connection. Now, I didn't get that at the time. I just kind of knew, oh, I'm actually pretty good at building relationships and yeah. talking to people. And so that that kind of really was the start of my career. And from then I went to City and I worked at, you know, different people uh, at different places and then at IOOF which at the time was the independent order of uh, And what fellows. sort of roles were, were still BDM Sales, roles at that stage? Very, right. I had a really wow. – Yeah. Well, I kind of – and this is kind of – I know it's interesting because you get on a path and I think part of it was actually I enjoyed <laughs> it, but also then you're on a path and it's easy to stay in the railroad track. So people you go, oh, well, you're BDM here. You're so, so then, right. You you're know, so right. I often used to laugh. I think I did nearly 10 years in newspaper sales, advertising, and then I moved into graphic design. And both times I remember going, how did I become an expert in this? Like how in heaven's name, by staying in the same job five or six years or you're in the same industry, you're suddenly an expert. And I thought, wow, that's how old people do it. Like they just <laughs> stay in those roles and it just happens to them. So I mean, I had no, the same thing. Yeah. Right. It, so it's, it's funny, right? Because yeah. so, and, and it's almost a bit like that, you know, like gets like in a way because you're then you become, and it can become a bit of a, Almost a trap, I reckon, because then people see you in a certain way and then you keep, that's what they keep coming. Anyway, I ended, so I've been doing a lot of these roles and I was, you know, and I I was successful. I was good at what I did, you know, and I've always had, you know, a very strong work ethic and, you know, wanting to do well. And then I I remember I got to IOOF and so I'd been doing this and I I kind of at that point I'm like, ah, this is getting a bit one-dimensional. Like I had this curiosity to kind of learn other parts of the organisation. And so I pretty much did a stint in every department, products and all sorts of things, dealer group side and all sorts of things. And I remember steadfastly saying, I do not 
want to lead staff. I don't want a team. I just remember thinking, God, why would you? Like seriously, all yeah. I need to worry about is my budget. And back in those days, you know, you got things like bonuses for, for performance and all these things. Anyway, so I, I I ended up, you know, first team, first person. That got bigger. That got bigger. And then when I left there, I was you know national sales manager. I remember going. What the hell? Where, where were I, you national sales manager? At, at IWF, and that was my job oh before my I went God. to Bendigo. So, right. so, but it is, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you kind of reflect on this and go, God, at the time I remember thinking they're going to find me out at some point because <laughs> I don't know what the hell this job is. But you, you learn and I think, you, do. you know, you and I have probably talked before about it's it's the power of the people around you and these Absolutely. amazing mentors and advocates and bosses and peers that are seeing something in you and pushing you and going, no, 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 have a crack and you'll be fine and you've got this and don't be silly and try Like all of those people – and I've been incredibly fortunate because I reflect on the people in my career that really, you know, quite a few of the jobs I would never put myself forward. And then, I, you know, I ended up at, at the bank. So, yeah, well, that's the corporate. That ju- amazing. So that leads me perfectly into my yeah. next question. And I don't know whether there are any, but I'm going to ask you anyway, because this is a show about women in business. Um, and I don't think that there is enough recognition of all the amazing women there are out there. I like to ask if there are any women who've helped you along the way in your journey. And if so, whether they were bosses when you were working for another organization or since you've gone out on your own and how they've helped you and whether you want to do any shout outs. Have there been any great women that have helped you in your career? Do you know what's so interesting? And I love that question. And there's a bit of a, um, what's the right word? It's almost like, and it's it's ironic now because where I'm playing now is very much around a, a lot of what we do is around gender equality and yeah, pushing women forward. And you know, kind of at the moment, we're very much in the vertical of financial services. And the reason why I'm saying that is, as I came up through my career, I could name one boss that I had who was a woman. They were all men. Only one. Yep. And was and, she nice or had she been beaten down by the system? Um, very nice. Very nice human, uh, human being. Her leadership style, which I think is super interesting because I do think about this a bit, was it was a very masculine style that had adapted to what she thought was acceptable for the bosses, right? Of so it was, course, it, if she's the only woman, chances right. are that she is definitely so going to have to have been like that. It was a very, yeah, it was – I don't know it was it was it was an odd fit. We were very different personalities, but but lovely, lovely person. Um, right. So that was my one boss, and so I had. And often people say to me, "What was it like coming up?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, all my mentors were were men. Like they were yeah. all men. In fact, most of my peers." And it's funny because when I say this, I feel like this was not a hundred years ago, right? But pretty much in a lot of my career, I was literally one of the only female business development managers, let alone anything else. So when I reflect on those 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 days coming up, I think, you know, um, no, there weren't many women who were in, like I had dear friends and family and female role models. Fast forward, I think, you know, the bank was also was interesting because, well, one of my bosses there is now the managing director at the bank. So that is a big shout out to Marnie because that's, huge. I mean, it shouldn't be such a, wow, female CEO of a bank. 
but you know, and and also, but, that, but that, uh, there's only two or three of them anyway, aren't there? I mean, I yeah. remember Gail Kelly. You've got Bendigo Bank, and are there any others? I feel like there's I one. Think not at, uh, I'm not sure at the moment. I Macquarie mean, some... is Macquarie Bank. Haven't they got a woman who's running it or close to the top? Oh, definitely close to the top, and they've got some amazing women in there. So there are more and more women. So I, and, and certainly I think in terms of you know amazing women like my, I've got some really close peers who are at the bank who were such supporters in terms of that kind of oh, peer good. group. I think yeah. the shout out bit though, what where really I found that came into its own was when I left corporate and that entrepreneurial journey, and because it's different. I mean, you know, and you I know. look. Like, I hear this all the time. The yeah. difference between how women so are different. in corporate is so. Uh, and and um, Jen Donovan, who was a lawyer for a long time and who's part of my group as well, said it was a complete flip almost, like people so yeah. helpful she couldn't believe it in small business and so awful in corporate. So, so it fascinating. Was so, so, and I think that's probably part of you moving slightly different circles and you're doing different yeah, things. But the shout-outs, I mean, got Sally Wilson, Nikki Smith, Colette Word, and like these um, amazing women. And, and it's funny, even some of my clients, you know, now are these powerhouse female entrepreneurs who, you know, you start to forge these connections and these relationships and they're people, you know, you get this this trusted group of these other women where, I don't know, is it part of our evolution, Jules? I'm not sure, as we kind of get more mature <laughs> and kind of less worried about what other people think and we're not threatened by people because we're like, well, I'm doing my thing and you're doing yours and that's it's right. a completely different mindset. I don't, I don't know if that's part of it, but that's where I now go, wow, you know, even honestly like the last three and a half years for me I reckon would have been some of the toughest that I've ever experienced with with all the things we were talking about before in terms of, wow, I've grown so much and I've achieved so much, but, man, there's been some black moments along the way, Well, that's right? my next question. No, oh, you, I knew you'd be going there. So you don't think you're going to get away with it. We're in sync. Yeah, but- I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, let me take you to the next question that, that is, and this is specific to you running your own businesses. Have there been some pivotal moments, successes or challenges, although I normally think that it's challenges where you mm. learn something? And and I, I just want to, I'll embellish it a bit by saying, have you had anything happen where you've gone, oh, my God, this is a disaster, and you've had to make changes, and you, well, other than the pandemic, obviously, mm. and you look back and you go, that was actually a great thing that I did because it took me in another direction that is so much more aligned with what I want to do or whatever. Have you had any moments like that? Oh, like honestly, we do not have time to count how many times. <laughs> can you give me one? Well, yeah, can you I give can. me one juicy one? Uh, look, I can give – well, I mean, it's kind of – it's juicy to me, whether it's juicy to your listeners. But, I, I, look, I do think probably a lot of people will identify this. And I – you've heard me talk a lot about kind of this shift from corporate to, to doing my yeah. own thing. and. You know, and I don't know about your listeners, but for me, and that's why I talked about identity before, the biggest, like, the really that holy shit moment of, my God, what am I doing, literally going on, like, in despair, right, was because I was so used to, like, I was at the top of my field in an environment that I knew. Yeah. And in that environment, and I was very good, like, I was there for a reason. I burnt out. I left. And it was, it was quite a sudden decision. It had been coming a long time, but it was a decision made over kind of a Christmas break. And I'm like, I just can't go back. And so, but, and the reason why I say that is, so then I, I found myself and I'd never, ever 
question my identity before, right? I was, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't care what my title is. And I genuinely didn't. It's only when you leave that, and that's for me anyway, and that's what you know, and that you, you're out on your own and there is no, there's nothing behind you, right? Like there's no, no. logo. It's just you. Yeah. And so, so in terms of like some of these, and I, I'm with you, I think the success is yes, but the challenges where you go, oh my God, haven't I learned this lesson already? Apparently not, universe. <laughs> Thank you. And so the, the big thing for me was I, I basically, so I, I, and I was used to, I was the breadwinner, you know, like Greg, I mean, could not have done anything that I had. Like we are a true partnership, been together. Um, I'm going to embarrass myself now. I think like about 24 years, something like that. Wonderful. A long time, right? Anyway, he is such a rock. <laughs> so we've always had, and so I always had these sales, a very, you know, a well-paid industry, very privileged to be in this position. So I'd always kind of, and it was only when I met, when I left and he was like, yep, do it. You should have left years ago. This is, you're not, you know, this is not a great lifestyle for you. But that was so challenging because everything to do with my self-worth, identity, what success looked like, being a high achiever, being, you know, all of those and being things. Being an expert at something, which at of something. course you are after all those years. Yep. Of course. And so you you go from that to doing your own thing and suddenly yeah, no, what I'm talking about now, like probably this is the kind of the point. There's external factors always. There's pandemics, there's stuff happening, there's clients not signing or pulling out or doing this or whatever. The biggest thing for, for me certainly around, you know, the challenges is what goes on between your ears, like this whole identity yes. you have for yourself. And there's no shortcut, biggest learning ever. And I remember one of my girlfriends who I, I said before, Colette, you know, she did my branding and we've known each other now for probably eight years and we've worked together and she's amazing. And I remember her saying to me, Alex, you can't force this. And I'm like, <coughs> but I've got this program, you know, my first program launch and the first thing I was teaching and my first thing to coach and I had this beautiful website and the clients weren't coming, Jules. It's like, I don't know, now I'm not. What I'm not else earning. am I supposed to do? <laughs> All and you're sitting there as a salesperson going, uh, hang on a minute, I don't need to do it for myself. Uh, yep. Yeah, all, all of that. So, so there, there was a moment. Probably, I was about, I don't know. And it's, it's kind of, it's not funny now, but I reflect and go, oh my god, yes, here are the lessons for me, right? Like because I'm impatient, you know, and I, I would muscle things through. I mean, this is what we do, right? Well, if the going gets tough, you just keep going and you, you keep pushing. And I was in this environment suddenly where I could push as much as I wanted, but. That shit wasn't changing because <laughs> I wasn't passionate about, like, I remember, like, you know, the things that I was trying to do, I was trying to force a result because all I could think of was I've got to earn money, I've got to get clients, I've got to get, like, and it was just, and it sounds, but I think a lot of you listening, if you've got your business, you know, because it's the dilemma of being, you're so reliant on your ability to generate income and yes. there's a process and the energy you put out and the vibes you put out and the passion you exude and you've you've got to do all of this and cash flow is challenging and you know it, it's hard right. which is why and the more so, broke you are the more desperate you become the more you shows. sound that way to the client Absol and they absolutely. go I actually don't want to be with this person they're desperate and you'll go but <laughs> yeah absolutely it's funny, isn't it? and so I don't know if that if that specifically answers your juicy question but I feel like no, no, kind of, it does it's and that was hard like any of you listening that that I'm sure you can identify with this roller coaster and then you have a win and you're on this high and then something doesn't happen and I remember so and it was about this time I remember I had my first 
program and we'd done social media and this and that and we'd done all the right things and it was beautiful and great, not one ticket sold. And I just remember going, well, there's proof that I've got nothing, right, you know. So and and I share that and I share – I love talking about this stuff because I think – this is kind of the point. Like no one wants to hear another show reel of, yeah, you know, it was tough. That's and right. That is exactly – that's why I do these it's, interviews because so people good. need to know that it, life, you know, un, unravels in its own little way and it won't be told. <laughs> it know? will not it be told. It just happens. It happens. It and you go with it or you try yeah. and shift it and sometimes it's like trying to shift the Titanic and, and other times know. it's so nimble. It's a, but, but you it's, would also know, which is, I mean, and a lot of this, like everything we're talking about here is all about the internal stuff, but and it's also about the the amazing crew, probably of women, and this is what I mean. Like when I when you said to me who are the women, I'm like, through that whole time, and I was doing networking groups, and there were these women there that were just like, we got you, like you can you, do this, you've got this, and. But Alex, you don't talk about the 25 years running massive businesses that you've had and all when you're in your head and you're just going, oh, yeah. my God, I'm just, I can't, like literally, I can't earn money now. I've just walked away from a career. Maybe everyone who said that I was stupid is completely right. What have I done? I've, like all this negative talk track that in our heads, you can't, I find you need those amazing women around you to go, no, 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 I hear you, but that's crap. You know, That's exactly right. That's you know, exactly right. And one right. of my girlfriends, Nikki, always says, you know, she's a career psychologist, she's a coach, and she's like, Alex, would you say that to your best friend? And I'm like, huh? And she's like, no well, way. Would you basically, your best friend, I came to you and said I'm having a really bad day and I didn't sell a thing on the thing, would you say, God, you're a shit failure, Nikki? I'm like, no, of course not. And she's like, <laughs> Well, I'm like, ha. Ah. And that's why I always talk because for me that perspective. So I think. Yeah, that's you know, great. That's really good advice. It's a great okay. reframe. I have some very silly questions now and they're oh, very good. quick ones good. because we're nearly at the end. And, <laughs> and I, this may stump you, but I ask it of everyone. A journalist <laughs> suggested I ask it and I love the answers Uh-oh. I get. So are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that be, you'd be up for sharing? And it doesn't matter what it is, just a, something quirky. Well, I am. I've really got into tarot card reading, which no one would <gasps> probably you? know. Oh, and, I love and when I that. say like learn beginner's journey, right? But this is this is part of me really tapping back into the whole feminine energy side and really getting down with that. And which will be a beautiful, I think, uh, uh, probably a beautiful balance is a lot of people wouldn't know that I I do enjoy riding a dirt bike. So that's the bargain oh, side of you. me. And, of course, the other thing is you've moved, you've done a, a, a tree change, haven't you? You've moved we up have. to Mansfield. We're now in regional what, Vic. Two hours so out of Melbourne, is it? How far away is Mansfield? Two hours out of Melbourne, just up in the high right. country. So, uh, yeah, that's also a, it's, it's a beautiful adjustment. But, yeah, I think it's um, – I don't know if they're quirky things, but they're probably little-known facts about people who kind of only know oh, them in a cards. certain frame, right? You've won me. I'm coming up to Mansfield oh, to have well, a tarot card reading. Done and done. <laughs> okay, now the last little bits are really apropos of nothing other than I love my phone and I love my apps on my phone. So I ask everyone if there are two useful apps that you use on your phone, and I would 
Can I, if it's all right with you, let's leave social media, email and banks out because yeah. I'll take that as a given. What yeah. are the two most useful apps on your phone? Well, I don't know if they're useful or most used. So I am a tragic Pinterest addict. So one of my passions really? in life. Oh, oh that's fascinating. Well, because, so this is kind of, I think we all, this is my creative side. So where I'm, I, I actually feel I'm a frustrated interior designer, right? So there's nothing I love more right. than looking at, oh, here you go, you know, fabric samples and all sorts. So Pinterest, like, and so when I'm about to do a, a reno, I'm, I've got like things on tiles for days, like very boring for people who don't care, but, you know, that's kind of my love. In terms oh, yeah, of things no, I love that, it too. Have you, know, you heard I, of the app called House, H-O-U-Z? Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. That I've was one when I little. was doing renovating that I did. Got yeah. get a bit of inspiration from. Yeah, so it's good. It's like it's kind of virtual mood board, and so I love that. Um, and then in terms of other things that I would use all the time, definitely um, my podcast podcast app I use a lot. So that's especially now I'm commuting from regional Victoria to Melbourne a lot. So lots of podcasts. And I also um, I've actually just really got into um, – Babel, you know, the, the, um, or Babel, you know, the, the language app, B-A-B-B-E-L. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So my sister and I have been doing Italian lessons for ages together because we can't, we grew up talking a little bit, but we want to, you know, get better and better. And so apps like that for me, if I'm thinking, you know, oh, what would that phrase be or something like that, you know. And it's there. I, I, I tap into, into those as well. So they're, they're probably my, my go-tos. Oh, look, Alex, I could just talk to you for hours and hours. I've loved this. <laughs> Me we too. are at the end of the interview, but tell tell everyone how they can get hold of you through your various things. So Few and Alex Chulio, what are the best ways to get hold of you? Yeah, so, and thanks, Jules. So, yeah, if you're curious, I'm I'm all over LinkedIn doing lots of stuff all the time, as Jules knows. So I'm, you can just find me there, Alexandra Tullio. Um, and on socials, I'm at Alex Tullio Consulting and few is fewau.com. So uh, any and all of those. And my website's alextulio.com. So I've kept it very simple for people to find me. Really just Google my name. It's uh, it's a very simple way. But um, but thanks for having me, Jules. You know, I love what you do and I love these conversations. Uh, and I love that you're speaking to amazing women because I feel like someone said to us once, well, no one's interested in hearing women talk about business and life. I have heard that. And I've and also heard, and I've also heard, <laughs> which really got me shitty was I don't think anyone really wants to hear old women talk oh, and I'm like are yeah. you kidding me I want to hear from people that have done incredible things and most of the time you have to have lived a certain amount oh, of years hello, in order life to do experience. that yes yeah, so that's I so right. celebrate that that's your mission because I reckon it's amazing and powerful conversations you know with people and yeah learning journeys anyway it's the power of storytelling so I want to shout yeah. out to you for doing this because I love it well well, thank you so much, um, and I am just delighted that you agreed to do this. And I'm I'm looking forward to you and I doing something amazing in the future. But well, everyone uh, in the meantime, it first, it's happening. There you go, you did. <laughs> All right, thanks so much, Alex. Thanks, everyone. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.